Good morning, guys. It's Emmett. I'm going to tell you a story. I think it's a story I've told already on the podcast, but it came up yesterday in my mind, so I'm going to tell it again as a means of segueing into what I want to talk about. A number of years ago, before I was a professional spoon carver, I worked for a land conservation group in the state that I live in. Um, And this is a group that uh, has a bunch of properties around the state, and some of them are forests, some of them are fancy houses, historic houses, They, they manage all of them. And I was uh, the property steward for a property down the road. And I had a great deal of independence compared to everyone else in the organization because of how my position was funded through through the the trust set up by the, the purchase of this property that I was responsible for. And so I didn't have to really deal with the organization that much, which suited me fine. One of the few times that I did each year was when my property hosted uh, the regional meeting. And at this particular regional meeting, um, not even the head person, but the, the, you know, one of the next tier downs came and was running us through, you know, 50 of us or so through a bunch of sort of group exercises. God, I hate that stuff. Felt like such a waste of my time. At any rate. One of the questions that they asked was, and this, keep bear in mind, this was, seven, no, not seven years ago, six years ago, maybe, um, maybe even five years ago. One of the questions they asked was, in this world that has smartphones and constant communication, um, what are some of the ways that we can improve our performance? I can't remember her exact words, but what are some of the ways that we can improve the quality of what we do? And everyone else was saying, oh, you know, there's this great app for this, and there's a great app for that, and we can make sure that we're communicating better across all these platforms and we can leverage the technology this way and that way. And I was the only person in that room who stood up and said, well, it seems to me like each of us only has so much time in the day. And given that that's true and will never change, the most important thing we can do to make sure that we're doing quality work is to be very clear about our priorities of what is actually um, required for us to do the best work that we can. What are our main goals? How do we achieve them? And what are the things we should be saying no to and taking away from our lives rather than adding to? And there was dead silence in the room And then they all just kept going in the same vein they'd been going in. And I think that that message that I saw so clearly in that moment still resonates with me today. 
the idea that you can be clever only for so long and cleverness only gets you so far. But what really gets you to where you want to go is to be clear about where you want to go and to prioritize the things that will get you there. So in my job back then, I was being asked to do all of this paperwork and all of this communication, really just so that there was some sort of, I don't know, so that somebody, somebody had decided higher up that that was how they were going to create, you know, a, a way for that, that the work was done was sort of being monitored. And I just wanted to do the work. And I was really good at it. And I think that holds true today. We can create all sorts of systems for ourselves for all sorts of reasons that make things more complicated. Oh yeah, you're still limping, dog. Come on, Willa, let's go. But the... The only real way to progress and to doing a good job is to know what progress actually is and to know what a good job actually is and to prioritize the things that will get you there and that are required for it and to deprioritize or strip away all the things that have been added on for other reasons. And this needs to be a fluid thing. It can't just be something that you define on paper once and then hold too rigidly. Because in life, man, for a dog with a limp, she sure can run. Uh, in life, there are plenty of times when, let's just use an example from my job, when I'm building a stone staircase and I decide that this one particular way of laying a stone step is actually not in the right direction and that really the the stone step should go over here and I should do it this way and so in that moment I am fluidly Even though the plan had called for the stone staircase to go over here, I can see that it's going to work out better if it goes over here. Maybe it's only a few feet off. Maybe it's a whole different route. Maybe I'm repairing a barn and I get into it and I realize that I'm not going to have time this season to do as deep a repair. And so what's the sort of best I can do to button up the structure and get it back to being winterproof? before winter comes and my seasonal job ends, right? So the diagnosis will often shift the pragmatic response. And that's why I think our priorities need to be as broad as possible, and then we allow for individual discretion in the moment to keep us moving towards those priorities. And I think It needs to be that simple. It needs to be, hey Willa, come on. It needs to be that 
I say yes to the things that move me towards my goals. And I say no to the things that are layered on top of my goals. I alluded to this a little bit yesterday in a post um, that I, where I was just ruminating that sometimes people ask things of you and, and it's a great uh, and it's a great idea and you should say yes because they're coming to you with the right pieces in place and they're the right person and it's the right fit for you. Sometimes people ask things of you and it's the wrong fit for any of those reasons. And it can be really hard to say no under those circumstances because you don't want to let them down. It's not too big of an ask. It won't take that long. You should at least explore it. Maybe you should be saying yes more often. There's any number of reasons. And the trick is, is that You can fool yourself into saying yes, and you can fool yourself into saying no, both in instances when you should have said the opposite. And it seems to me like what it boils down to is being really clear about your priorities for what you're trying to achieve. And that might be what you're trying to achieve in your life. It might be what you're trying to achieve in particular with a... with a, uh, your work, it might be um, what you're trying to achieve today. It, it happens at all different scales. And I don't think I'm always super clear on, it's not that I can consciously articulate if something is a good fit or not, but I rely on my gut sense a lot of is this in this moment, does it feel right? Does it feel like something I want to pursue? And I've learned to be better at that. Hey dogs, go on. I've learned to be better at that. Um, And I think one of the ways that you can be better at it is to try consciously to strip away all of the things that don't actually lend themselves to what your goals are. So in many ways, uh, my shop, for instance, is a manifestation of what my goals are with my spoon carving. And the way that I keep it stripped down and empty of everything that doesn't directly pertain to the spoon carving business reflects that fact, reflects the fact that this is a space whose job is to move this goal forward, to make it function better and better. And anything that I bring into the space that doesn't move that forward is pulling it back. That's not to say that everyone's shop should be as minimalist as mine is, but I think it's more to the point that my shop is a clear reflection of the clarity of my goals. And as such, it it plays an important part in maintaining that clarity. Every time that I say to myself, nope, this doesn't live here, I'm bringing it back down to the house, I'm reminding myself of 
subconsciously almost of what my goals are and and how I need how I can get there what I need to prioritize to get there one last thought before I'm done is that it's important to constantly be reassessing these goals consciously not just subconsciously but to be thinking about it on some sort of meta level like this um And I deliberately haven't stated my goals because that's not the point. But I think it's important to be consciously on a meta level examining your goals on a regular basis so that you aren't caught after a period of time of not doing that, realizing that you actually don't believe in your goals anymore or that your priorities have changed and you haven't articulated that in a way that helps you act in alignment with that change in priorities. So, circling back to the story at the beginning, a lot of times what happens, it's not that our priorities change, it's that commitments and obligations and systems creep in and layer on top of the original goal that was so clear and slowly suck away our time. And as our time is reduced, our ability to do good work is reduced. And so one of the best things that we can do to regain that sense of clarity and as part of assessing where we are and what our priorities are is to... Once we have established what our priorities are, we can look with a critical eye at our lives and think about all the things that we are spending our time doing that aren't actually moving us towards our goal. And that's not to say that we don't need downtime, time to play, all of that. But within the context of our goal or the work that we do, um, what are the things that are, that are phantom draws? That are, that are pulling juice from us without us even realizing it. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk tomorrow.